This is the Aesthetic Ecosystems Podcast. I'm Ben Hale, your virtual design guide to help you and your family have a healthy, beautiful landscape with less work. What's up and welcome to episode five of the Aesthetic Ecosystems Podcast. Today we're talking about good design principles for low maintenance yards. Really today we're not going to be talking a whole lot about the low maintenance aspect of things and how to save time in your landscape. Instead what we're going to do is talk more about how to have a good design. Something that looks beautiful, something that is appealing to the eye. Maybe somebody walking down the street or even just you yourself would love to look at. And it's something that's kind of an artistic landscape or a beautiful landscape or even just an appealing landscape. There's all sorts of levels here, of course, where you can have this highly curated landscape that is kind of a a hidden gem in itself. Or you can have just a landscape that's welcoming and an opening space for people that come to visit you. Whatever it is, good design really goes a long way toward changing the space around you, your property, and how it makes you feel, how it makes a visitor feel, and how it enhances your house and your your overall property. So let's get right into it today then. The two buckets we're going to really talk about are the visual aesthetics, so what makes the landscape, your yard, appealing to yourself and to other people. And secondly, we're going to be talking about functional design. So what makes a landscape work? What makes it where it's not just this hassle, the way it's designed to navigate around, to get around, um, and to use uh, functionally for your house? I love talking about this stuff. It's a lot of fun just to have to, to really have a cool design. Uh, coming up with the design for each individual property is something of a process, but it's an enjoyable process if you do it properly and, and really you can discover something you didn't think about when it comes to designing a landscaping, having a beautiful space. So this is kind of like carving the, you know, chiseling out the rock to, to get on to the underlying beautiful statue underneath. So you, you don't really know where you're going to start off with it when you're redesigning a landscape or coming up with a brand new design. But the whole process altogether, once you get there, you end up with something beautiful and something worth uh, cherishing and and prized. So when it comes to visual aesthetics, the overall intent here is to ensure a pleasant experience for yourself. You're living there, right? You and your family, how do you have a pleasant experience with your landscape? It's not just something you walk across on your way in and out the door. It's where you live life if you have a good landscape. And so how do you enhance that space to feel welcoming to you, to feel comfortable, to feel relaxed, and and to have a pleasant experience in your yard so you want to be there more often? You want it to be a desirable place. You want it to have, sometimes you even want it to have a sense of place or a sense of being. So what's the character of your landscape that helps define you as a person or your family? or helps enhance the way you feel about yourself. So so it might sound like a stretch, but really your landscape can be a reflection of you and your personality. So what you make of your landscape can 
really reflect who you are or what you feel about your space. There are two really key important pieces that I want to highlight for good visual aesthetics. When you get really into uh design landscape design there's a lot more a lot more elements that you could we could talk about here but for the sake of time and also for the sake of simplicity i wanted to highlight two specific characteristics and then we'll kind of talk about a few others as well but these first two are really important and those are unity and form they kind of play hand in hand so i'm going to try and tease out the differences between these two uh, characteristics but Without unity and without form, you don't have a good landscape design. There are several other aspects as well, such as order, and um, we can talk about those maybe in a later episode. But for now, I want to highlight unity and form. So unity is, is what it means to have a cohesive design plan. So something that's not just a, a random use of elements. We're not talking about, uh, you know, a couple of trees that you buy here and there and a couple of shrubs you buy here and there and throw in your ground uh, when they're on clearance at the local grocery store, um, which <laughs> fair enough, I've done this before. So I'm not calling you out necessarily to make fun of you. Uh, I'm just making fun of you with myself. <laughs> um, a cohesive design plan is something that's thought out uh, holistically and laid out so your whole space has a feeling of togetherness. That's what unity is. So some examples or some characteristics of unity uh, are something like symmetry or asymmetry. So if you think, a, a way to think about a lot of this stuff is to consider artwork. And symmetry can be the reflection of colors across a composition when you're talking about your landscape or a piece of artwork, uh, the reflection of structure across your composition as well. So it could be the repeated use of certain types of trees or um, the use of different colors of blooms throughout the year. And, and this visual um, elements, uh, such as the structure of your plants or the color, can pull your design together so it looks like one unified space. You can also, similar to this, is, is uh, balance. So you could have, and, and this can even be in asymmetrical designs as well, but having balance where you're, again, having elements across the place and trying to draw your whole landscape together using balance by putting certain elements across your design to where it looks visually balanced. And <laughs> this is kind of tough for me to define here, but basically when you're looking at a, a completed design, it doesn't look like one side is, for lack of a better term, top heavy. So you, you don't want it to look like a wedge, right? If we're talking about physical structure, um, where you have, you know, a bunch of small plants on the one side of your design and a bunch of trees on the other side. So it would look kind of weird. So you want it to kind of balance out somehow to look more unified. Similarly, you wouldn't want to do the same thing with texture or color, where you, would, you wouldn't want to have a bunch of pink roses on one side of your design and then a bunch of grass on the other side without anything tying the place together. So that's what balance is. 
when you're talking about your landscape and you want to have unity, a lot of times the way you do this is using your plants. But you can also use hardscape elements. So architecturally, how can you enhance your landscape using hardscape elements, whether this is your pathways throughout uh, your landscape or using some of the architecture of your house and making sure that architecture is also balanced through your landscape in certain elements. You can also have unity with geometry. So making sure your design is consistent across your landscape when you're using uh, the layout of your garden beds. So you want to have your garden beds uh, follow a similar pattern across your site. So this could be, you could have a a curvilinear uh, garden plan where you have kind of arcing arrangements throughout your site, or you could have circular plan or angular plans, but you want to make sure you stay consistent across your site for the sake of visual unity. So you don't want to have something that's, uh, you know, you don't want to have some circular garden beds on one side of your landscape. And then in another part, you have these harsh angular garden beds because it doesn't give a cohesive feel to the whole landscape design. So that's in a nutshell what unity is. We could talk a lot more in depth about this. Um, there's whole chapters of, of landscaping books on this stuff, but in a nutshell, that's essentially what unity is. And now we're going to talk about form. And this might sound a little bit similar because it kind of is, but there are some nuanced differences about form that are really important to have both unity and form uh, manifest themselves in your landscape. So going back, unity is your cohesive design plan. So looking holistically at your landscape and how it's planned, do you have conscious use of certain design elements across your landscape? So unity is really about your your symmetry or your patterns um, of structure as well as balance. So visual structure is what I'm talking about. Form is the implementation of a theme. So your repetition throughout the site. The example I gave earlier with the the types of garden beds, the certain shapes you have, that's kind of touching on form and unity. So with unity, you're making sure that you use the same design in a balanced manner across your landscape. So you have some garden beds that Maybe if you're staring at your landscape, some on the left, some on the right, and maybe some in the middle kind of pull your whole landscape together. The, the form piece is about repeating that same consistent theme across those garden beds. So that, that curvilinear pattern or the angular pattern that we were talking about. So the unity is using it across the landscape in a balanced manner and form is using it where it's repeated throughout and it kind of pulls everything together as well. I feel like I'm not making this 100% clear. So let's talk about an example of a good painting. So a common uh, popular painting that a lot of people like is uh, Van Gogh's uh, post-impressionist Starry Night painting. Um, If you if that doesn't ring a bell, you probably have seen it. It's a kind of, you know, a painting with some swirly stars in the top and, and a beautiful landscape. When we're talking about the unity of that painting, there's a general overall composition 
and some good use of focal points. So you look at the stars in the sky, and then there's this structure in the front, a big towering piece um, that kind of draws the eye as well. But it kind of is all pulled together into one good composition. They kind of play off each other with color, difference of colors, um, and that sort of thing. I'm not an artist here. It's probably showing through, but I'm trying to at least give you a general idea. When you're talking about form, there's a use of a similar artistic style throughout the painting. So in the general post-impressionist style of Van Gogh, he it's a very similar type of painting throughout. I actually don't even know uh, what what to call it more than he it's it's very impressionist style to me and and so it would be odd to use if he had used uh some pastels on one part and some watercolors on the other part and then maybe some uh some lead pencil in the bottom so that wouldn't be good form because it doesn't repeat the similar elements throughout and use a similar composition so hopefully that helps kind of drill this home that when you're when you think about them together is really the most important piece anyway so so when you think about both form and unity how are you balancing out your landscape design and how are you repeating patterns throughout to give it a general theme so it feels like a well-designed space that's welcoming and you want to be there because it doesn't feel juxtaposed or contradictory so form unity both are very important hard to describe separately and so just kind of think about having a design that plays well together so you repeat elements throughout your design you think about your whole space when you're designing instead of thinking about individual elements first you want to start big and then work your way small okay so those are the very important ones unity and form Let's talk about some other cool stuff too that really helps with the visual aesthetics of your site. So individuality is very important uh, when you want to have a unique space. And that's essentially what that means is, is the uniqueness of your design is what I mean by individuality. So when you're thinking about individuality, How can you use your own style? Maybe it's your interior decorating style. How can you use that to reflect in your landscape design? So so thinking of what inspires you, the types of patterns you like, and how can you use that in your landscape? And most likely, there's some sort of landscape design that's been done that fits the, the type of design that appeals to you. So definitely get out there and look at stuff. When you're kind of looking for landscape ideas, this is a bit of an aside here. Definitely check out Houz, H-O-U-Z-Z dot com. They have a ton of different ideas about landscapes. You can go check out like cool things that people have done and they just kind of post their pictures. There's a ton of designers on there that are doing cool stuff and they that's part of their marketing strategy is they want to show all their great designs and the cool stuff they've done. So it's a great place to look for inspiration. It's kind of, uh, now it's kind of like Pinterest where you can go on there and look at ideas and kind of save ideas for later. So definitely check it out if you're looking for inspiration and kind of sift through a bunch of the different designs you see there. So back to individuality. 
So individuality is, again, how can you reflect what appeals to you, yourself, through your landscape to create a unique landscape that is an inviting space for you and also kind of shows a bit of your personality to people that come and visit as well. Okay, next let's talk about inspiration. What do you want your landscape to help you feel? Or what do you want a visitor to feel when they come to your landscape? So landscapes have the capability of evoking emotion. It's a, it's a patchwork of art that you can make with your landscape. And so when somebody comes to visit your landscape or when you come home to visit your landscape, what do you want to feel when you get there? Do you want to feel relaxed? Do you want uh, to feel calm? Uh, do you want to feel like you can escape somewhere? So these are all different emotions that you can feel that can be evoked through your landscape. Some other ideas. So like I, I mentioned, do you want to feel like you can escape in your landscape? So even if you live in, say, a northern climate, you could design something like a tropical getaway. There are a lot of plants that have a certain character that can... Um, give the feel of something tropical, even though you're in a northern colder climate. Maybe not in the middle of the winter, right? Everything would probably be a bit brown and barren. But but during the growing season, you could have something that's kind of like your own little tropical escape. It's actually really cool. The um, In Cincinnati, where we live, the Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Garden, they have a beautiful arrangement of gardens and different areas that house the different animals they've designed it to give you a different feel and so they have a an area called jungle trails and this space they designed they did it very well where you walk into this space and they've used plants that can grow in our climate in uh, zone six which gets pretty cold in the winter and but during the warm seasons this space looks like the jungle you feel like you've walked into the jungle and so you can design your space with plants that are well adapted to your region that don't require tons of work but due to their shape and their patterns you can feel like you're in a different space so you can escape so do you want to feel like you can escape or do you want to feel relaxed if you want to feel relaxed think about uh, certain plants that maybe can block out certain views other plants that might, you know, whisper in the wind. They, based on how they, um, how they blow in the wind, they might make some noise. Um, something that can attract birds, maybe to to calm and feel calm and relaxed with the sounds of the birds. Think of things like that. What do you want with your landscape? How do you want to feel? And what type of plants or what type of space would help you feel that way? And there are all, again, there's all sorts of landscapes that have already been designed to evoke these emotions. Maybe you want something that feels wild or adventurous. So think about designing a wild space for your yard that you can kind of hide away in. And um, when you go to a certain part of your yard, and it might help you feel that way. It might be a little bit of uh, an adventure to go there. Maybe you want something that's fresh feeling. So think of like some scents that different plants could have throughout different seasons and maybe just a look that's more vibrant and, and invigorating. You can do all of this. You can have this inspiration through your landscape by designing it in specific ways. What about character? So when I mean character, I think about what story could your yard tell? This might seem like a stretch again, but think about 
going to uh, like a tea garden. I don't know if you've ever been to a tea garden, which is an Asian garden design style that takes you on a journey through the landscape and actually tells a story of history as you go through the landscape as part of the ritual of the tea ceremony. So it's really cool stuff actually to read about if if you're randomly interested in a tea garden. But the point I'm trying to make here is your landscape can have character. It can tell a story. And maybe it won't be like a a well-designed plot sequence like you see in a movie, but it can still convey something to the visitor. It can convey something to you when you come home to it. So what story can your yard tell? This could be a story of history. So you could include certain historical elements. So you see this in very classical garden designs. Um, You feel like you're part of history when you go there. It could be thought-provoking. So it could kind of convey some meaning through the landscape. So there could be some symbolism uh, in how the gardens are designed or even some of the elements that you place in the gardens. It could be reflective or even nourishing. So nourishing, what about an edible landscape, right? So the story it's telling you is that this land provides for you. So you could have certain uh, fruit producing trees. You could have decorative gardens interspersed with vegetables. And there are plenty of really attractive vegetables, actually. That's uh, in case you're wondering. But overall, yeah, the character of your landscape can really help you escape again, can help define the space to where it's something inviting, something appealing to the eye, brings in visitors and tells a story to them and and conveys meaning and leaves a lasting impression on people that visit your landscape. Okay, so in general, that's what I wanted to cover for visual aesthetics when you're considering design. So just to kind of recap things here, we talked about most importantly, unity and form. And they kind of play on each other. They're kind of similar in certain ways. Uh, It's really hard to have good unity without good form and good form without good unity. So thinking of them both together, since I had spent so much time trying to define the difference of them, since they're both important, thinking of them both together is how does your sight feel cohesive? How does it kind of meld together as one space, one individual space that is yours? And how does it appeal to the eye? How does it feel well balanced and have a a general theme throughout to to feel like a welcoming space and a well-designed space? Aside from unity and form, there are some some kind of fun characteristics you can consider when uh, developing your design. And those are, uh, how, does you, how can your landscape have individuality? How can it be unique? How can it have um, its own style that maybe reflects how you feel or maybe reflects um, some of the space around you, what your region is? Uh, but how can it just be different than the general postage stamp yard that you see? Inspiration. How do you want to feel when you come to your landscape? What emotions should your landscape convey to you? Do you want to feel happy? Do you want to feel refreshed? Do you want to feel invigorated? Do you want to feel uh, calmed or de-stressed? These are all things you can design your landscape to help you uh, feel a certain emotion. What What sort of character do you want your landscape to have? What sort of story can your yard tell you? Can you convey 
a certain feeling or thought through your landscape to visitors and to you when you come home. So this is a lot of fun stuff here. Actually, when you really get into the nitty gritty of coming up with a new design, this is the stuff I love to do, actually. Sometimes I feel like I more enjoy the design process than the implementation process. Although as I say that, I realize I also love just being in a great, beautiful landscape. So a lot of fun to all this stuff. I hope you feel that way at least. And um, let's get in now to functional stuff. It's really important to have a functional landscape because with even with a visually pleasing and aesthetically pleasing landscape, if you don't have a good functional landscape, if you miss the function part, it's not a pleasant experience once you're in the landscape. So it might be nice to look at, but it might be just a, a pain in the behind to actually live there and you don't want something like that because it's going to irritate you it's going to be something that is more of a burden than a benefit so you want to make sure you have this functional piece right so when we're talking about functional design what we're saying is you want to ensure you have a practical design does it make sense how you've designed your landscape does it provide value to you in the ways you need to have your landscape used is it a usable space for you and your family So think about like, what do you want to do in your landscape? Does it have to have certain access points? Does it have to have certain um, space for relaxing or for playing? Those are all functional pieces that you want to make sure you include in the design process. So again, without the functional pieces, you can't use your landscape properly. So the, the first and most important piece for me is accessibility. Can you properly access your landscape? One of the most irritating pieces, but really often poorly done pieces in landscape design is access, I believe. So a great example of this is the typical front yard, front door pathway. If you look at most houses, especially the ones built mid-century, they have these pathways that lead from the driveway to the front door. So this is the welcoming pathway to your front door to welcome guests, to bring you home after a long day's work. And generally they're about two feet wide. It's hardly wide enough for one person to walk down. So if you have a group of visitors coming to visit you or uh, say it's just a, a mother and her, her, you know, two year old kid, it's a difficult access point for even just two small people to walk down a pathway to come to your front door. So it's almost like you're restricting your access through your pathway. And this is where it's really important to have a space that feels welcoming to bring people into your space and also is just comfortable to navigate. That's the big thing with accessibility as well is do you have a pathway again to kind of go off this theme of the front yard path since it's so poorly done so often does it directly access your front door in a way that's visually pleasing but also doesn't take you far out of the way so so often these pathways also like go in a big wide loop or something where most of the time people end up just cutting across the grass anyway and then you end up with a dirt patch so need to make sure your accessibility is done properly where you can navigate what you need to do it feels comfortable to do so at the same time and it feels welcoming now don't since we use the front door example and the front yard pathway 
make sure you don't forget the side house, the back of the house, anywhere you need to access on your landscape, what needs to be paved, what doesn't need to be paved, but what needs to be open for access as well. Most oftentimes, they're designed too narrow and too indirect. So make sure you get those both right. In addition, make sure they're direct, clear routes. Make sure they're open and inviting. And lastly, make sure too, if there's any place on your landscape that needs access from a wheelbarrow or a truck or some sort of delivery vehicle, that you can do so without inhibition. You don't want to have to every once in a while make some sort of delivery, but you can't get there and then you need to carry it by hand or whatever a a long distance just because you didn't plan it properly. So make sure that's planned. And this could mean too, if you have a backyard that's fenced, make sure you have a part of it that opens wide enough to fit something back there if you ever need to access it. Okay, enough about access. Let's talk about practicality. This sounds like exactly what it says. Is your landscape practical for the use you want? Again, a lot of times with very well-designed landscapes visually, they get the practicality piece wrong. So make sure you have a practical landscape, something that your family wants to be part of and it's easy to be part of, most importantly. So does it fit the needs of your lifestyle? If you have a very active family outdoors, do you have something where you have space to be active? Does it have the right amount of space? Do you have play space for your kids? So whatever sports or whatever they want to play, do they have the space to do it? If you have young kids, do you have space that inspires the imagination and allows them to explore and to have an imaginative play throughout? Is there a space for relaxation? With this, uh, also goes entertainment. So do you have somewhere you can relax? Maybe that's a bit more secluded, but do you also have some place that's open and welcoming for a larger group for entertainment? For both of these types of places, especially in warmer climates or where it gets warm during the summer, make sure these relaxation entertainment spaces have proper shade or proper cover uh, in case of weather. Do you have the right amount of storage in your landscape and and good access to it as well? Is it convenient to access your storage, but is it a space where it's not going to be, you know, right on top of your entertainment space? Make sure it's somewhat secluded, but not so far removed from your landscape where it's a burden to get there. And then you don't want to do the, the maintenance that you need to do. Do you have the right water and electric access? These are often overlooked points too. So, you could even uh, it could even influence where your garden might be designed your certain gardens that require maintenance of of water or electric Uh, it could influence where entertainment spaces are located so make sure you either establish the right water or electric accesses or design the right spaces close enough to these uh, access points So the last bit here with functional design I want to touch on very important as well is compliance So make sure what you're designing meets local building and zoning codes, as well as HOA requirements if you live in an HOA. It's very important to do this stuff because once you establish a landscape, it can be a costly process, and it can also cost a lot if you're required to remove stuff or pay fines for not doing things properly. So when you're talking about local building and zoning codes, depending upon where you live, whether it's a town or a city or a township or an 
uh, unincorporated space, there's different levels of requirements for each space. So make sure you check with those different municipalities to make sure that you're doing the right thing before you actually go and establish your landscape plans. Similarly, um, there's sometimes multiple levels you need to, to talk to. So for a city, if you live in a city, for example, you may need to check with your city. You may need to check with your HOA. You may also need to check with your county. So make sure you're doing the right checks based on what you're designing so that you have the right checks in place at all the necessary spaces so you're not fined or you're not required to move or tear down something uh, in retrospect. That pretty much wraps it up for what you really need to focus on for a good design. So if you stick to these good designs principles when you're designing your landscape or when you're talking to a designer, these will pretty much cover the base of having a pretty good outcome for your design. There's a lot more we could talk about here for sure, but this covers the basics. I want you to go take action. And if you're thinking about designing a space, just think think big picture first, then kind of drill down. Even if you're just planning on putting in a garden, make sure you think big picture first. How does it fit into your overall landscape or your long-term vision of your landscape first before you go and take action? Okay, now it's time to talk about the launch party, guys. Uh, excuse me, not party, but parte. Uh, the launch parte is for the first two months of the show from March 11th through May 11th, 2018. I want to have some fun uh, to help spread a wor- spread the word about the show. Uh, I really appreciate your enthusiasm and interest in this show, and I want to get you guys involved and have some fun while we're doing it. So this is a chance to have some fun to uh, for us to get connected, uh, to win some prizes, and and uh, let's talk about the prizes before we talk about what we're doing. So what are the prizes? Weekly, I'm offering a free consultation with me, Ben Hale, which is normally a $99 value. So uh, one person each week uh, that gets involved in the launch parte uh, gets a free consultation. I'm also giving away a free offer for one of my eBooks, 10 Ways to Get More Beauty with Less Work, which is a $19 value. Uh, Next, the grand prize. There is only one of these we're giving away through this whole launch party. So at the end of the launch party, the Organic Lawn Care Manual by Paul Tukey. So Paul Tukey himself has offered to give away one free book to a lucky winner uh, that's getting involved in this launch party. Uh, And this book is all about how to manage a healthy lawn from anything from a golf course style lawn to your uh, low maintenance lawn, which of course is something I prefer here on this show, right? I own this book. I've read this book multiple times. I've given it away. It's a kind of a a tattered and worn version that I have. Um, And uh, I, I, I use some of these practices in my own lawn. So I, I love this book and I highly um, promote it as well. And you'll hear me talk about it throughout the show. Uh, but Paul Tukey has been kind enough to offer a copy of his book as a grand prize. And there's also a special surprise for everybody that's uh, going to be getting involved in the launch party. The Rolling River Nursery out of California has offered a, a special surprise for everybody that's involved. The Rolling River Nursery is a, a USDA certified organic nursery. So I went online and I looked around for nurseries that have online availability shipped through the continental U.S. and have some great offerings. And Rolling River Nursery has been kind enough to become involved with our launch party. 
And they're not only are they online availability, but they also are certified organic, which means they don't use any harmful herbicides or pesticides that you have to be concerned with your family about. And so what you're getting is a safe and healthy plant. They also offer a ton of edible plants and trees and shrubs, cacti and succulents. So um, they offer several trees and shrubs that are adaptable throughout the most of the United States. So definitely worth checking them out. And in addition, these guys are also involved with a, uh, a nonprofit in Southern California to help local food movements called PlantingJustice.org. So if you want to learn more about them, uh, you can go to RollingRiverNursery.com. And I also want to give a shout out to uh, Paul Tukey's website, uh, for his organic lawn care manual and his other works is paultukey.com, P-A-U-L-T-U-K-E-Y. And uh, to sum up, guys, okay, you want to learn how to get involved with this uh, launch party? Go over to aestheticecosystems.com slash pod launch and that's p-o-d-l-a-u-n-c-h there's a link in the show notes um and that's that's going to give you all the instructions on how to get involved uh there's two ways specifically to get involved one is through uh sharing with your uh, peeps on facebook and the other is through leaving a review on itunes both of these are going to help spread the word about the show and get other people other friends listening to it as well and i sure appreciate your help here and and likewise uh this is going to be a fun time so uh so go on over and to aestheticecosystems.com slash podlaunch to get involved. Okay, so I definitely want to hear what you think about today's episode. If you're interested in leaving a comment, make sure you go over to aestheticecosystems.com slash episode five. And also for any links make sure you check the show notes. So for today, I didn't really provide a whole lot. I talked about house.com, H-O-U-Z-Z.com. Also check out, if you want to leave a comment, check out the the podcast show notes over at aestheticecosystems.com slash episode five. Also, if you want to save time in your landscape without actually changing any design, I have a free giveaway I've talked about already. It's how to save 27 hours in your landscape. You can check that out at aestheticecosystem.com slash 27 hours. That's 27HRS. Make sure you subscribe if you want to hear more episodes. I'd love to have you hit that subscribe button and to get me downloaded into your what do you call it? Podcast feed, I guess, right? Yeah. Get me downloaded into your podcast feed and we'll talk some more. I would definitely want to help you transform your landscape for the better, transform your life through your landscape. So hit that subscribe button and I'd love it if you'd go over to iTunes or Stitcher or whatever you're listening to and leave a review. These reviews are very important in helping me get in the ratings, get seen by more people, make a bigger difference. That's what I'm here to do is to try and make a bigger difference with as many people as possible to transform our lives through our landscapes. So thanks for tuning in today and make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.